Radio. You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Talk Naturally, the place where your animal friends and nature come together to find health, happiness, and harmony with all the natural things the earth has to offer. Your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason, each week will lead you through the practice of taking care of your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature provides. So, get ready to learn about natural nutrition, preventative pet health, and more with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Hello, I'm Kim Bloomer. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Jeannie Thomason, your other host. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about homeopathy for animals, the basics with Dr. Christina Shambrose. And um, today we're going to talk, really get into homeopathy. And, you know, I think this is the first uh, um, homeopathy-specific show we've done, huh, Jeannie? It is, yeah. We've tried, (laughs) but but these things haven't worked out. And and it's just going to be be interesting for us to sit back and listen to what Dr. Christina has to share. We're going to hear from Dr. Christina in just a minute after we hear from one of our friends. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg. Problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio, horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. Today we are speaking with Dr. Christina Shambro. She is the co-founder of the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy. And uh, right up front, we'll just give you her website, ChristinaShambro.com. And also you can go to the A, uh, I'm sorry, just go the, and then A-H, I think it's A-B-H.org. And you can find um, out more information about her. We'll have that up in our chat room. Welcome to our listening audience out there. Dr. Christina, welcome back. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here. Well, today we get to get into your heart subject, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely. Although, I don't know, I think just it, my heart subject is having people take responsibility for the health of their animals regardless of the uh, modality that they use. So that's really my heart subject. But what I'm mostly trained in is homeopathy. It's my, it is the main modality that I use when I'm treating animals um, in my practice, which is predominantly a phone consulting practice. Well, we have a heart, that's our same heart 
feelings, which is why we bring on people like yourself who have that same heart message. And um, but homeopathy is fascinating. Now, I you know I always tell our audience that this is not something. I mean, you've done a lot of training in this, and it you know people can use it at home for acute situations on the on your way to a vet or whatever. But I mean, you really got to understand if you're going to get into the chronic health issues that you need somebody trained like yourself um, to guide you, don't you? Well, actually, that's not completely true. Um, I teach a um, seven-day lay course that's for both lay veterinarians and veterinary technicians in Bowie, Maryland, every June, the last full week in June. And the first course, the, the first is the introduction for two days where people learn the basic introduction to homeopathy, philosophy, principles, and see, and see health through the filter of homeopathic philosophy, which is really awesome. It is. It is because awesome. And that's good to know, though. That was really good to know because um, a lot of people will say, well, you really, really need to get trained from, you know, or have a homeopath guide you. But it's just one of those things you learn over time then, isn't it? No, it's not something. It, first, you have to have good training. That's the key thing. Just to do real homeopathy, you need good training. But the point I'm making is anybody can get good training. So one approach is to come to my class. Uh, the second class is the intermediate class. Mm-hmm. And just speaking about that will give an opening and understanding to what you need to do to successfully treat a chronic case with homeopathy and to give you the best success, even treating acute problems. So the first is you take the case. And we spend a whole day in the four-day class on case-taking. And that is... In, in homeopathy, as in most really good holistic medicine, we're not treating just the current symptom. We don't right. have a remedy for hyperthyroidism. We don't have a remedy for skin eruptions or feline acne or diarrhea. What we have instead is remedy. We have to find the vibrational pattern of this, this animal with this condition. And we do that by looking not just at the symptoms, but how the animal is different now that they have the symptoms. And we look at prior problems. And we look at what maybe caused this current problem to start up. So um, an example is a big Rottweiler that I treat who has sort of had chronic diarrhea. She doesn't follow up with me a lot, so, so we haven't completely cured the underlying energy field imbalance the remedy that's mostly been working for the dog is phosphorus. And phosphorus is given because the dog startles a lot. He startles to noises. He startles to thunderstorms. He startles to sudden movement. He um, is very affectionate, really loves people, loves strangers, um, likes to be petted, likes to be touched. He um, has often diarrhea and vomiting at the same time. Anytime he's ill, he may vomit for a day or two, then have diarrhea. It's not necessarily at the same instant. So phosphorus has been a good remedy for him. She calls today, and it's been about two months since the last dose of phosphorus, and he's been fine, no diarrhea. And all of a sudden, he's had a week of diarrhea, throwing up for three days. She's just now calling me. Um, She's now given a drug or two, and... um, the key thing here when we look at the cause to see if this is different than his usual is he's no longer startling anymore. That has gone away, which is a key thing for phosphorus. And while he still likes attention, he doesn't seem to crave it quite as much. So it's like more normal now. However, he's been eating grass a lot and they've been spraying the grass and she's letting him eat the sprayed grass. So he's been getting toxins. Yikes, that's scary. She's been trying to stop him, but she's not like been, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like I told her he may not put his feet on grass. Mm -hmm. He has to pee and poop on the road. Right. (laughs) You're not going to let him near grass. That grass with the And he's been throwing up grass. Mm -hmm. So in this case, we have concurrent vomiting and diarrhea, not a lot of other changes, and we have the probably it's because it's toxic. So, ladies, what remedy might you think of? Still could be phosphorus, but what other remedy might you think of? Nox, uh, um, Nux vomica? Nux vomica is possible, but this is a dog that's done very well with phosphorus. 
so our okay. son is an I have to pull my homeopathy right. book out again. So our album <laughs> is what you would think of because oh, yeah, okay. it has a lot of toxicity, poisonings, and it's a remedy that is often mistaken for phosphorus, although it tends to be a little more chilly and a little more fearful. And, see, so, and that's something that people may not know. Um, uh, all of this, listening. well, first, this is all part of case-taking. This is to show why you need to ask all the questions. Um, you could look up. questions, right? I mean, you really go into depth with homeopathy and what you're asking. Um, you ask the, everything. Now, it only took me 15 minutes talking to this person because that's pretty much what I got is what I just told you. I didn't get a lot more information. Then the second day, we talk about repertorization. The repertory is an index of all the symptoms that were produced when remedies were tested on healthy people. And so you go, you look up a symptom in the repertory, and it gives you all the symptoms that showed up in testing plus successes in clinical experience. So... In this, for this dog, I didn't do this because I knew the remedy to try. I started, I could have gone to poisonings, diarrhea after poisonings, um, vomiting and diarrhea at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I could have been looking up these symptoms, mind desiring company. So we learn how to look up animal symptoms in the human repertory. Many people go, well, we need a we need an animal repertory. We need a veterinary repertory. No, we don't. It would be nice to have a few additional symptoms that are purely animal symptoms, like people don't have anal glands. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you have to learn how to interpret some of those. So we spend the whole day learning how to how the repertory works, how it's organized, and how to look animal symptoms up in it. And then the third day, we look at how do you then choose the remedy? You've gotten four, what they're called rubrics, the symptom plus the remedies. You have four of these, or five, good symptoms in different parts of the body because you learned how to do that on day one, how to choose the symptoms. And then you look those up and you see which remedies are in common with those three or four symptoms. And you try to narrow it down to maybe three to ten remedies. Then you go to the Materia Medica, which are books about the remedies, mm-hmm. and you read about those different remedies. Now, here's a big catch that gets people confused. They think that every symptom produced by the remedy in the provings and in clinical practice has to be there in their animal. So if they're looking up, like with this dog, if they were looking up diarrhea, vomiting, diarrhea with vomiting, they would be reading about the remedy um, arsenicum album, and they would see that, but they would also see asthma in the respiratory, and they'd go, well, I can't give arsenicum album because my dog doesn't have asthma. The, what you have to do is only look at the ill parts of your animal. So it's that something about how your animal is ill seems to fit how this remedy is in that ill part. Make sense? It totally mm-hmm. makes sense. And I, and I really like that, um, the whole mindset behind how homeopathy looks at the body. Uh, Dr. Uh, Chambro, one more piece, and, or unless we need a break. Oh, no, we don't okay. need a break. I was just going to ask, go ahead and do your yeah. one more piece. One, one more on. piece. So then the next on the third day is we look at what potency or strength of the remedy to give, how you decide that, how you decide how frequently to give it, and when to, um, and we sort of do that the final day as well. And the final day is evaluating the response to the remedy once it's been given so that you know if you're moving towards a cure or it's only temporarily helping, which in homeopathy is called palliation, or if it's really, it looks like it's helping, the current symptom went away, but actually overall they're sicker and that's suppression. So we look at that as well as some more about potency and what to do, what are the next steps. And then finally they can sign up for a case day where we, they get to do, the students in the class get to review everything we did with cases. So I give them a case and they get to ask me questions to case take. 
they get to look it up in the repertory, they get to pick a remedy, and they get to, then I, I say, okay, here's the remedy we gave, here's what happened. They get to decide whether it was curing, palliating, or suppressing. Mm-hmm. So that's a way, now, you know, because you guys have studied homeopathy, that in seven days, you're not going to come out being an expert by any means. No. <laughs> However, what you will really be able to do is to use these books, people who go on and continue to practice and continue to do studying, and buy Don Hamilton's book, Homeopathy oh, yeah. Care of mm-hmm. the Cats and Dogs, mm-hmm. and read and reread. The most important part, many people skip in that book, which is the first three chapters. That's oh no! I, I read it, the. I keep it as a as a handbook <laughs> yeah. on my desk. <laughs> too many people rushed. I mean, you guys wouldn't, but too many people new to homeopathy rush immediately to the how to section, like mm. what remedy is for this condition, instead of reading the nature of cure or nature right. of disease, right? And nature of healing. And so his book is great for that. My book, The Healthy Animals Journal, has several pages in it that. Um, do speak about cure, palliation, and suppression response to remedy, that sort of thing. But um, So between my journal to keeping symptoms and his book, I think that's a really good beginning. Mm-hmm. So if people take a class like mine and then pursue further study, they can start treating minor problems, not just acute problems. So if their animal gets sick after a vaccination, many people who've taken my class are successfully able to treat their animals after with problems after vaccination. Um, and even the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy, the website you gave earlier, theavh.org, um, we do a one-day introduction to homeopathy, Dr. Elliot and I, and that's going to be in Santa Fe, New Mexico in November. And what day in November is that going to be? Your neck of the woods. <laughs> my neck of the woods, yeah. I'll it be is. You need to have tons of people come, come there for this. Yeah. It's, um, November 13th is the introduction to homeopathy. And then the 14th, 15th, and 16th is the annual conference. Um, also on the 13th is an advanced day with homeopathy. Is there a place on the site for people to sign up? Absolutely. Yep. You go on the site and just click on the conference. It may, I think everything's up there now. If not, it will be shortly. And uh, that we've got a really good person who sort of is in charge of that. So if people came to that one day, they would certainly, they would have everything I talked about in about 15 minutes on each instead of a whole day on each. (laughs) Or maybe half an hour on each of those instead of a whole day on Mm -hmm. each of them. But they still would go away with the tools to be able to know, is this something I want to study more? Right. Mm -hmm. And then I, I will do this same class anywhere in the world. So anybody who wants to host me to come to teach that material on homeopathy, I will do that. And then the other fun thing is in Bowie, Maryland, the third week in June, I do a class for people who already know how to use the repertory, who have already treated animals with homeopathy, and they come to the class bearing their cases with them. So they bring their cases of cured and uncured animals, and we use those to review all of this material. So some people come for six years in a row. Wow. Because every year is different. That gives mm-hmm. you more case studies. That's pretty awesome. That's right. It's really? case studies. And that, again, can be done wherever people gather who know homeopathy. They just need to bring me in to do that. Wow. So, I have a question for mm-hmm. you. I was uh, wondering if you'd, be, um, if you'd uh, share with the audience like, an overview of the homeopathic, of the homeopathic um, mindset, I guess, of yeah. how, the philosophy and how, how it, it started. And why it works. Well, the bottom line is what we started with here. It's that each animal has an underlying energy field, and we talked about that the last time I was on. Um, And it expresses that energy field, that vibrational pattern, through symptoms. The symptoms are an attempt of the body to heal itself. So the real goal of homeopathy is to identify your animal's unique vibrational pattern and then go to the books like I talked about to find the homeopathic remedy that matches, that has the same vibrational pattern. 
when you have a vibration and you give another vibration that's very similar to it, it sort of cancels out the original one. And the body no longer needs to produce those symptoms, and there's a complete recovery. The, the sort of code words we use is like cures like. Mm-hmm. Um, an example that most people understand is Ritalin. If a person who's hyperactive takes Ritalin, it calms them down. If a person who's not hyperactive takes Ritalin, it hypes them up. Therefore, a lot of college students take it to try to, to get higher grades, mm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the basic underlying philosophy of homeopathy. Too many people think that homeopathy is using a remedy, an herb, mineral, or body substance that's been prepared homeopathically, which means it's been diluted and energized by shaking to the point where there's no longer any molecules of the original substance, so you can do toxic things, but the vibrational pattern has been strengthened so that when you give it, it gives a big push when you give the correct Anytime you give it, it gives the push, and you get the results you want when you find the correct vibrational pattern, when you get the match. So that is the key of homeopathy, is like cures like. And that is, so when people might be asking, well, vibrational, our bodies are vibrational. This is an energetic um, modality, and it um, when you say the push, you mean it helps the body you know, it kickstarts the body to, to heal. Is that right? Well, yeah. What it does, we first we have to realize that illness is an imbalance in the vital force. Mm-hmm. What we call illness are symptoms that are the attempt of the body to heal itself. Mm. So it's not... The illness is not really the symptoms. The illness yeah. is the imbalance in the vital force. Right. So what the remedy does is it rebalances the vital force. It actually corrects the vibration, it, the incorrect vibration. It corrects the energy imbalance. So the body stops making the symptoms that we were calling illness. So in that way, it's the body healing itself. It, but it's a little different than um, sometimes you can do herbs and that allows the body to heal itself. Mm-hmm. If the vibration isn't too far off, mm-hmm. say you have an animal that's pretty healthy and eats some bad food. Well, that and then gets diarrhea and vomiting. That's because this vibrational pattern of this animal was sensitive to bad food and tends to get diarrhea and vomiting. So you could give a homeopathic remedy like Nux or Arsenicum or 20 or 30 others that would push the energy field so it's no longer sensitive to that toxin and the symptoms would slowly go away. Or you could give an herb that soothes the negative effect, that soothes the mucous membranes that are inflamed, Mm -hmm. calms the nerve endings that are triggering the vomiting and diarrhea, and then the body can heal itself. So all of these modalities are ways that allow, and even if you have a very healthy dog and you give a dose of Imodium or another chemical drug, that can still allow the body to heal itself. Works for a lot of animals without making them more ill. There's nothing wrong with conventional medicine. It's just using a sledgehammer when a fine screwdriver (laughs) would be better. That's a pretty good analogy. <laughs> I like that. And so, there's, you know, I practice integrative medicine. I'm mm-hmm. absolutely fine with using Which I chemical think drugs. Which many veterinarians do um, do that. And, and again, Jeannie and I have talked about that a lot here, that integrative is, is really ideal. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just um, helping people to understand what that means and how it works and how it, it, it actually works better than if we're just, in my opinion, than if you're just doing one or mm-hmm. solely the other, it works really well. And um, totally all of them have agree. their... All of them have their place, and definitely um, we could have the best health care if we would recognize 
all of the places that those can fit into the big whole picture. But you were talking about um, symptoms, and, and I think that's what's happened a lot, Dr. Christina, with our mindset in the West mostly. that uh, Get rid of those symptoms fast. Get rid of them fast, and they want a magic silver bullet. Yes. And, and with what you're talking about, getting the body, you know, the vibrational pattern back to normal so that the body can heal, people don't necessarily... We're so stuck in saying, well, I want it fixed in now. I want the diarrhea to stop now. I want the vomiting mm-hmm. to stop now or whatever. And yep. I'm sure your animal wants it to stop too. But um, natural doing things this way can take a little longer. It can, although if it's an acute problem, it shouldn't take any it longer than right. conventional if medicine acute... if you're doing it properly. Now, t- talk about how um, Dr. San- Samuel Han- Hahnemann um, found out about how he even discovered how homeopathy, he was the father of homeopathy. Mm-hmm. And how, he, did, how did this all come together so that we, he, he was able to um, yep. help us understand like cures like? He was a German homeopath. He was a German medical doctor who was very intelligent. And he was just meant to do this, just like Orville and Wilbur Wright were meant mm-hmm. to discover flight. Um, they tried to quit a whole lot and kept going back to it. <laughs> they, they just couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. Hahnemann couldn't not do this. And he graduated from medical school and hated how people were being treated, which was to get the bad out by making mm-hmm. them vomit, throw up, sweat. Bleed. And they would to do that, they would bleed them, get the blood out of them. Um, so th- it was really pretty crude, and he didn't like that. And he translated books for a long time to make money. And he read the old Greek medical doctors and the herbalists from the years. So he had a lot of knowledge. And as he was translating one book, it said that the reason quinine worked, which is made from chinchona bark, is that it had an acrid principle. And he said, well, that's not true. There are lots of herbs with acrid principle that don't cure malaria. Why does this one cure malaria? Mm. So for some reason, being a smart cookie and scientist, he decided he would take that and see what happened. And he got symptoms of malaria. They would last a day, go away, then he'd take it again get symptoms of malaria. So just as I said in the beginning, he could have done it with Ritalin. You know, he could have heard that Ritalin cures. And so that was where he began. And he then from there started treating people with the medicines he knew of already in their crude form. So he knew about arsenic and mercury. Because he was a keen observer, he knew that arsenic caused diarrhea and vomiting at the same time, caused people to become very fastidious, to want the pictures in specific places, to yell at their family if they put the salt shaker in the wrong place, to never wear anything with a speck of dirt on it, to um, be very chilly and want to be hot, except when they had a headache, when they would want covers piled on them and open air blowing over their head. Hmm. So he may treat somebody for gout, and he'd have no idea which remedy cured gout, but he, the person with gout would have some of those characteristics. He'd give arsenic, and it would cure them, but it almost killed them first when he had the right remedy. So then he thought, well, maybe if I dilute it, it'll still work, and it won't be as toxic. So in by the fourth edition of the book he wrote called The Organon, which is the principles of homeopathy mm-hmm. we still study from today, he said that you could take um, a pellet that you had made by taking the original substance and diluting it one to a hundred and shaking it each time very hard, agitating the molecules. And you could do that. He was using 6C, so that had been done six dilutions with six shakings. Or 12C had been done 12 times, 1 to 99, 1 to 99, 1 to 99, 12 times. By the time you're at 12C, there are no molecules left of the substance. And he found that when he did this, people got better without having, without getting very ill first. Now, we still have the box of remedies that he made and that he used in his practice. As he went on to the fifth and sixth editions, he started making them differently. He made what are called LM potencies by the time he was older and writing his last edition of his philosophy book. So the LM potencies are made slightly differently, but the same principle is there of diluting and shaking. 
So we still have his boxes of remedies made over 200 years ago. Mm. And there are people in Germany that will ask the keeper of the box if they may take their constitutional homeopathic remedy from the box. And they're allowed to do it, and it still works. Mm. Wow. I have seen the box of of the remedies that James Kent made in St. Louis at the um, Ludi's Pharmacy, and I have seen the kit that people still come and take remedies from of remedies that are 100 years old. If the bottles are less than half, they, they'll say no. But right. if they're more than half, they'll let them take it. Hmm. So that this is this is to underline a very, very, very important point. Do not ever throw away your homeopathic remedies, even though the bottles are labeled expires such and such a date. And That's I know Dr. Elliot... Dr. Elliot taught us about that a few years ago, Jeannie, when she said, you know, there's an expiration date, and I think that has to do with government regulation, but um, but she says keep them. She said the same thing you did, to yeah. keep those, because they're, they're good indefinitely, if they're cared for properly, right? Right, and basically anything but very strong odor substances, they'll be fine. There's a lot of myth about what will inactivate homeopathic remedies, and most of it's not true. Oh, that's good to know, too. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can debunk some of those myths for us. Basically, the only two things that will hurt homeopathic remedies is if they are um, exposed to very strong substances. A client of mine had, oh, 100 remedies in a drawer in her bedside table, mm-hmm. and her roommate, housemate, um, for some reason accidentally spilled a bottle of perfume in the drawer, mm. and that inactivated all the bottles. Hmm. And she had to throw them away. Now, how did we know that? It was because she called on, she had about 10 or 20 cats, and she called about, oh, about six one day. And the remedy I prescribed for each one of them was different, and nothing happened for any of them. Mm. And in the past, you know, some would get better, some would get worse, but she also would have a sense this that something happened, and then she'd mm-hmm. evaluate it later on in terms of how the symptoms change. She right. didn't get that sense. Then she went to the store, purchased new remedies, gave them to the cats, felt something happened, and there was, you know, they, it either worked or didn't work. You know, it, it made right. good symptoms or bad symptoms. Right. So she knew they were no good. The second thing that will inactivate remedies is to get very hot very fast. Hmm. Just... Getting hot won't do it. Um, pharmaceutical, head of one of the pharmacy companies, told me of an emergency kit of remedies that was in the back seat, in the back of a car, parked in Death Valley for a week. Oh my goodness. Gonna get hot, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were not inactivated because they were wrapped in a down jacket. Hmm. So they got very hot. But they got that way slowly right? because of the jacket. Mm -hmm. So rapid heating. Those are the only two things that absolutely will inactivate your remedy. Really? The only two things? Yep. Um, Now, things can happen. Well, if you have liquid remedies, if you've, like, taken a remedy and made up a liquid dilution of it Mm -hmm. where it's mostly water Mm -hmm. and you're treating cows and you're keeping it in the barn... And it freezes and thaws and freezes and thaws. Okay. That's been known to inactivate the remedy. Okay. But that makes sense. It's very dilute sure. at that point. Sure. So you're changing the water molecular structure. And um, some people have, have found that if their remedy kit goes through, cusp, or through the electric screening mm-hmm. multiple times, they're inactivated. But only multiple times. Yep. One or two times doesn't seem Not to Not usually. It. Well, that's great to know. It so everything else is like, and can they be inactivated some other ways? Probably. You know, it's not like nothing would ever do it, but mm-hmm. basically that's what the heads of the pharmacy say, and that's been my experience. Mm. That's great. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'd like to take your calls because Dr. Christina does enjoy um, interactive, so if you'd like to call in at 646-595-4693 or after the break, we will take your calls. We'll be right back. Time to take a walk down the path to happier and healthier pets. And while we're doing that, you get to listen to a few words from our sponsors. Naturally, Pet Talk Naturally will be right back. Three, 
Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Having a rough day... Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We're back, but our nature walk has just begun. Now, back to Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim and Dr. Jeannie. We're back and we're speaking with uh, Dr. Christina Shambro of uh, the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy. She is the co-founder of the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy. I'm Kim Bloomer, together with Jeannie Thomason. And we're your host. Dr. Christina, before the break, um, you were talking about uh, the, the uh, dilutions, and we're asking the audience to call in. I think some may have some um, in the chat room, but um, the number to call is 646-595-4693. There's a lot of you out there, so don't be shy. <laughs> um, Dr. Christina, while we're waiting for someone to call in, why don't we, um, if, if there's anything that you feel that is so important that people that are just starting out who have never done anything with homeopathy before but they're really intrigued by it because you know it's getting in you're seeing things in the media I know Oprah had a show um, with a little bit on um, homeopathy not too long ago and so that probably got sparked a lot of interest but um, if there's anything that you would want to direct somebody to that's just starting out and doesn't know anything what would you tell them Um, to study and to read um, and to, because that's really the most important thing, the principles of homeopathy apply to all different modalities that are used, so it's important to read the philosophy parts. I would buy my book, The Healthy Animals Journal, and, and read the first sections, uh, which has a brief intro. I would buy Don Hamilton's book and read the first three chapters, plus the one later on on vaccines, um, and then I would get one of the multiple holistic books, um, Dr. Pitcairn and Eacher Frazier, um, multiple, Goldstein, there's a ton of good new ones at this point. Um, Chris Day's book also has a good introduction. John Saxton has... Um, uh, that was Jeannie's bird, by the way. <laughs> he wanted to know if you're happy. <laughs> Is that what he said? Are you happy? Yes, yes. Are you happy? <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, um... Uh, John Saxton's is the other book. So there's a number of books that people can start with. There's a wonderful and fun book for people that's called um, Homeopathy Beyond Flat Earth Medicine. Oh, good. Good title. And if you go to the website, it's... um. I always get stuck with this name. It's Dooley. So the song is about Tom Dooley. So this is Tim Dooley. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Way to remember it. That's right. And um, Tim Dooley um, has it on a website, which I don't have handy, but I could give him more than enough information up. to find it, um, that you can download it for free. Oh, so that's, wow. that's, that's another great. way to get started. Yeah, we have someone in the, in the chat room asking if there were any online courses available. Well, there is one online course called um, 
the British Institute for Homeopathy, mm-hmm. okay. and another one is, um, let me put it this way, it's a correspondence course, and a lot mm-hmm. of it is online, okay. and the other is the Devon School of Homeopathy, and remember, you don't need a special animal class. Learning about homeopathy is what's important. Doesn't have to be, sep- you know, special. Separate. Well, that is so great. That's mm-hmm. the most important chunk to to realize. Well, another uh, comment that Barbara from the recipe box has in the chat room, uh, Dr. Christina, she says, "I think the concern is trying out homeopathy on your own pet, and what if you do something wrong?" Well, it is important to know. It's the, one of the reasons I encourage everybody to use flower essences Mm -hmm. because they can never do any harm with flower essences. Mm -hmm. And there's a thousand different flower essences out there that people can use. They can help a lot. They never hurt. Homeopathy, if you use it incorrectly for too long a period of time, can harm an animal. Or if an animal is very close to death, sometimes the homeopathic remedy might push them on into death, which may not be a bad thing. Right. Death is, is actually part of healing. So um, it's just we don't always see it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the point, the main thing is it's fine to try giving one homeopathic remedy to repeat it occasionally um, and then be, and that's why you have to learn the philosophy. Mm-hmm. Because you want to know, is this really helping or not? And the bottom line of how to know whether it's really helping or not is pretty easy. You get the list of early warning signs that's on my website, that's on the Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy website, um, and you notice all the symptoms your animal has. Little goo in the corner of the eyes, dull hair coat, vomiting hairballs, little stuff like that that's sort of normal. And... And you have that along with the the current symptoms, and you give the remedy, you notice what happens to the current symptom, and then you notice what happens to any of those little symptoms in addition. And particularly, there's one thing that it's really easy to pay attention to to know if you're doing the right thing with your animal. And that is, is the energy level better? And their emotional state, are they Mm. happier? Mm. If that's true, then you can continue what you're doing. If that's not true, if they're feeling less energetic, if they're more lethargic, then you want to stop the remedy that you're giving. Very and good. possibly um, you could then, if you're, I guess if you're feeling uncertain, then the thing to do would be what? If you're feeling uncertain, then you want to call a homeopathic veterinarian or a homeopathic practitioner. And, and they can actually call you because you do phone consultations, don't you? I do. Um, I, you know, teaching is my main thing. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes I'm not taking new patients. There's a wonderful source for holistic help in general called the Veterinary Advice Line. Oh, right. I forgot that one. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 4664, I'm sorry, not 4, 8664-VET-NOW. And this, you also have that online, right? It's- mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I mean, but they end up having to call. We don't right. need email. Okay. Um, you know, they can, but going to the website, vetadviceline.com, has a, lot, has a number of articles that are excellent. One of them particularly good, working with a holistic veterinarian, is a very good one. Mm-hmm. So that they can call there, and I'll and we'll help match them up with either an acupuncture vet or a homeopathic vet or whoever they need to be working with. So for thirty five dollars, they get sort of a second opinion and a next steps direction in addition to matching them up with someone to work with. That's great. That's really so great. that can really that can really help people doing the next step. Right. And um, the most important thing, again, is that no matter what modality you're using, you stay, you pay attention to how your animal is doing. Just because somebody famous like me says, oh, I think that's the right remedy, your animal is doing great, and you're sitting there going, God, I don't think my animal's doing great, he doesn't feel good, he's, you know, sort of lethargic, and... If, if, if go with your go with your gut feeling, go with what you're noticing. 
I'm pretty good about when people, and most holistic vets are, when you say, you know, I don't think this is working. Most of us are pretty good about saying, well, I think it's working because ABC. And then you go, oh, okay, I see that. Like maybe the skin was getting worse, but they're feeling more active. And the people think it's not working. And I go, well, you know, this, this, and this got better, even though the skin's worse. Which would you rather have, bad (laughs) skin or a bad heart? Right. Oh, okay. Well, I know Dr. Blake, who is the person who referred you to us, and he's been a repeat guest mm-hmm. on our show. He said uh, that he actually forewarns his uh, clients that, you know, okay, if you see big sores breaking out or whatever, you know, your skin is losing something, you know, the animal's going through a healing response. He has already um, educated them on that, so they'll call him, guess what? That's My dog's got, you know, he's got, he's got gunky ears. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> you know, um, just knowing that the symptoms are healing from the inside out. That's right. Absolutely. And from the more important organs to the less important organ. And, and, and so homeopathy, uh, homeopathy's philosophy is um, inside to out. What is the rest of it, Dr. Christina? Well, it's just as you're trying to see if an animal is deeply getting better, it's not so much following Herring's Law, which mm-hmm. is what you're alluding right. to, which Herring's is four specific things. It's more saying if you were sick and you'd been sick for a while and you started getting better, that your energy field started reorganizing in a healthy way, what would it be likely to do? Think about if you had a messy house and your house had been a mess for 20 years. <laughs> you know, what, you know, the first thing is you're going to move stuff to the outside. You're going to throw out as much stuff as you can. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing if there's a discharge if there's something being thrown out of the body. It's good if it's going from a more important organ to a less important organ. So if the heart heals or the liver heals and you start getting diarrhea and vomiting, but the heart and the liver enzymes are normal, that's a good thing. It needs to keep progressing, but it's still moving in the right direction. And if you're house cleaning, at some point you're going to start digging out some of the old stuff that's been there a long time. And so you might have to go through a second, third, fourth, fifth cycle of throwing things out, having some discharges. So you may see some old symptoms that you didn't remember were there or because it's a stray, you didn't know were there. So some symptoms may appear, but the whole time you should be feeling better. So when you're cleaning your house, as you get rid of stuff, once you get over coughing from the dust, you start feeling better. (laughs) You feel a little lighter. Mm-hmm. that it's a little bit, it, it's lighter and cleaned out. So the key is, are they feeling better overall that's while that's all those things are happening? Mm-hmm. Rather than, oh, my God, is he getting better? He's got the skin problem. He had a he had diarrhea, and now he has um, goop coming out of the corner of his eye. That's a bad thing because it's moved up on his body instead of down on his body. But wait a minute, his eye goop was an old symptom, so maybe mm-hmm. that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you just stick with the rules, it's a little confusing. If instead right. you're looking at what would happen if you're cleaning up, what would happen if you're getting healthier, what would you expect? So you just want to take the longer perspective and keep reading books, keep mm-hmm. reading well, And articles. I can relate to the whole house cleaning thing because we have recently put our house on the market and we had to go through carpet and, you know, all of that stuff and getting the old out. And it was such an upheaval. And yet when you bring it all back together, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, you know, but the upheaval was the part that was so nerve-wracking. So that's a perfect example for you to use when you're talking to people. It is. I'm glad that you brought that up because I'm kind of um, an anal retentive house cleaner anyway. <laughs> but that was a good point because as clean as I thought I was, there was still more stuff that had to be done. You know, that's and that absolutely was trying, right. Trying to get to that thriving health or optimal health instead of um, you know maybe just surviving health. And some of the things that um, people may not be aware of, Dr. Christina, but uh, in, in Western medicine, we often think of symptoms, and we talked about this earlier in the show, symptoms as being the illness, as being that was wrong, and you've already debunked that. But one of the, the philosophies that Dr. Hamilton has in his book, um, The Homeopathic Care for Cats and Dogs, which you've also recommended, he says a couple things about the philosophy of homeopathy, and that is symptoms are not disease, they only represent the illness, and symptoms are actually the healing process, which mm-hmm. is what we just talked about, as you know, getting the house clean. So if we can, it's kind of like we have to unlearn what we've been conditioned to believe about our symptoms. 
And actually, in a way, and I've said this before about my own about my own health. Um, embrace the symptoms as as a healing process if we're going in the right direction. Right. That's right. Absolutely. And so I don't know if any of the audience has any more uh, questions out there because um, a lot of them uh, are they're typing up in the chat room. But are they typing in the chat room? Well, they are. They are. And um, um, but no questions or uh, no, there hasn't been questions. But they're just talking about the different things that they're seeing. But uh, one of the people, uh, Buddy Love, he says there are five seasons: uh, summer, spring, winter, fall, and deer. <laughs> and what? And deer. <laughs> Spoken like a true man, yeah. Yeah, spoken like a true man. But the thing that you what would you like to to bring this whole thing together on homeopathy? What would you like to um, encourage people to do? And I know that you're going to be having the seminar, the seminar here in November. You have them around the country, correct? Right. I mean, the most important thing is to read the books that I talked about, to learn the philosophy and the principles of homeopathy. I just, I've got to tell you, I'm on a number of listservs, and over and over and over again, it's what remedy for what problem. Right. We hear that a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, not surprising, because we haven't taken the time to educate ourselves Mm -hmm. differently. So the key is to educate differently and is to not get scared and therefore maybe have a coach when when things start acting up because that's one of the problems is uh oh what's happening now mm. um so the fir- the really most important piece is to start understanding homeopathy the second most important is not to throw away your remedies because people have wasted more money that way right mm-hmm. the third is to join the national center for homeopathy and be part of one of their study groups. That's wow. a way to learn ongoingly. They have um, conference uh, chat rooms once a month that you can join to speak with leading homeopaths, and you do it by the computer. It's all by computer. And then Whole Health Now is a wonderful um, company that sells computer programs, the radar program, as well as selling. Um, uh, books and other things, and they do interviews of homeopaths regularly, and I'll actually be doing an interview with them on Tuesday the 27th of May at 5 o'clock Eastern time. Now, that may not be when it, I don't know if that's live or not, but if you go to their website, which is, I think, whohn.com. Whohn.com. Whole Health Now would be the way to search for it. Then you can um, find about that interview and see prior interviews that I've done. As on the National Center for Homeopathy website, you can see prior interviews that I've done. And what was the date you were going to do that interview? Tuesday, the 27th of May. Okay. And that one will be a little bit more advanced homeopathy because these will be people who, you know, already are homeopaths or already Mm -hmm. have an interest in homeopathy. So it's going to be a little less basic. Okay. Um, and so those then, looking for something basic should read up in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, if they've been on this call, they already have had enough that they'll be able to do that call. Oh, good. Oh, that's awesome. This is more than enough of a ba- I mean, this is a this is a two day course in an hour. Wow. <laughs> You've learned. You all. Everybody on this call knows more than I knew after four days. Four days. Two two weekend classes spread over two years because <laughs> mm-hmm. people weren't teaching this back when I started 30 years ago. It was, right. you know, not being taught this concisely. Mm-hmm. Now, Dr. Christina, there is another question by Buddy Love, and he says, do you help with emotional problems with pets? Absolutely. Again, I think people, the first step for people with emotional problems is, go, is to go to flower essences. Okay. Flower essences are incredible for emotional problems, and you cannot ever hurt, and you can combine them and use more than one. With right. homeopathic remedies, the most powerful way to help is to find the correct remedy. There's a whole section on the mind, and when you're looking at emotional problems, you have to be very careful not to misinterpret, because remember what homeopathy does is fixes the vibrational imbalance. 
so first, Hahnemann says you have to understand what the disease is. Mm-hmm. So if you have an emotional problem, number one, is there a disease? Is there an imbalance in the vital force that's causing that problem? So if you have a dog that rolls over on its back and pees on itself every time a new person walks in the door, somebody who's really into homeopathy may say, well, let's cure that. But the question is, is that an emotion, is that an energy imbalance, or is it because every time somebody walks in the door, the dog gets hit? So it's learned to roll over on its back. Mm-hmm. In which case, you've got to stop hitting the dog, and then <laughs> yeah, might stop. But exactly. you know that there are a lot of behavioral. You all do talks all the time with behavioralists and and trainers. So if you have a dog and you think that the dog is hyperactive and so you try to treat the hyperactivity with homeopathy and in truth it's a it's a rottweiler who's being kept in an apartment on the third floor and taken out for five minutes a day to pee yikes there's nothing homeopathy is going to do Right. The dog needs exercise. The dog needs exercise. Mm -hmm. So many of the problems, and and I, you know, we're all guilty of this. I watched um, a few years ago. I did some lectures in the Bowie series that I do every summer in June that I spoke of earlier, and um, you can connect to that through my website, ChristinaChambro.com, and there's a website, Homeopathic Animal Care. It's really great. It's a uh, homeopathicanimalcare.org. It's sponsored by the Prince George's Feral Friends, and they, oh, so it's a fundraiser What's for that them. again, homeopathic? Homeopathicanimalcare.org. Homeopathic oh, got it. And that's the 21st for seven days, um, or partial. You can take different parts of it. And so I was doing some behavior classes for them. We thought we'd offer that, see if people wanted to come to those. Because I got to tell you, we don't get a lot of people, and I think everybody wants this. Everybody they wants do. their animals I mean, it, to be more healthy. So I just yeah. don't think they hear about it. That's we true. send out three thousand emails, but <laughs> <laughs> somehow not enough people yeah. seem to hear about it and get their butts there. So yeah, and I hope um, that people will come to the one here in New Mexico. Absolutely, uh, doing it depending on where you live, you know. Well, but if you're so, here in New Mexico, or even if you're close enough that you want to come, it's it's going to be in Santa Fe, New Mexico on November 13th, right? And you announced it at the, at the top of the show, but they can go to uh, V-A-H-V? Is no, A-V-H. A-V-H. Academy of Veterinary Homeopathy. Dot org and sign up for that. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be going there because um, you're the person who you're, the veterinarian who you're doing this with, Dr. Jill Elliott, is my co-author. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. And um, hopefully we'll get to meet some of you guys. So the point on the behavior is I was doing a talk for them on behavior, and I figured I'd watch Milan, Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Mm-hmm. And I realized in watching him fix problems by changing the people mm-hmm. that there were problems I was treating homeopathically that really it needed the people to be changed. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even I, even though I often would look to that, I discovered even more so needing to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, Dr. Christina, we've actually run down to the end of the show, but everybody, um, she will be back with us next month, and you're going to talk about how do you determine who to choose <laughs> for your, you know, to, to work with is it, it, a veterinarian and a practitioner. How do you break through all of this uh, nat- natural health um, people that are out there uh, put in place for the health of your animal? And you're going to talk with us about that. Oh, what fun! <laughs> Always fun. And by the way, if people, if you have people over the next month who've who've listened to one or two of these calls and have questions that are general questions, mm-hmm. um, if you if you know, like if they post them on the chat room or something, if you want to forward them to me, and I'll email you, and you can post them on the chat room or on your website. However, okay, you great. We'd love to do I'd that. I'd be more That'd than willing great. to do that. Oh, great. Well, everybody go to Dr. Christina's website at www.christinachambreau.com. Her last name is spelled C-H-A-M-B-R-E-U.com. And Dr. Christina, in closing, what words of wisdom would you like to impress upon our audience? Never give up. 
<laughs> That's it. Good and straight to the point. <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us today. And thank you to all of our audience who are listening. All of you guys out there, thank you so much. And in the spirit of love and truth, we, we hope, hope you all, all have a tail wagon, hoof stomping, wing flapping, perfectly animal talking day. Pets and nature come together every week on Pet Talk Naturally with your hosts, Dr. Kim Bloomer and Dr. Jeannie Thomason. Learn how to care for your pets with all the wonderful natural elements that nature has to offer so your pets can live a happy, healthy, and harmonious life. Pet Talk Naturally, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Naturally.